Hello friends, I'm Amanda Barr. And I'm Rebecca Lou Brennan, and welcome to Dance Principles United, the podcast. Together, we are passionate about helping studio owners with the business of running their studio. Join us as we talk everything from marketing systems, studio culture, motherhood, life, and everything in between. This is the Dance Principles United podcast. Everyone, we are so pumped to be here today. How are you, Amanda? I'm so good. Happy Wednesday, friends. Hope you are having an amazing week. Um, that everything's been treating you well, and things are starting to quieten down a little bit in your studio. Fingers crossed. It's nice to be super busy, but then it's nice to sort of get yourself back on track, right? And make sure that, yeah, you know, you're doing all the things to keep moving your business forward rather than this crazy like state of running. Are you starting to settle down in the studio, Beck? We are, we are. But those first four weeks are always so crazy and you're just like, oh my gosh, what have we gotten ourselves into? And then it kind of starts to sift out a bit and you're like, jokes, we've got this. So yeah, it's that nice little part of term one, I think. Amazing. So good to hear. Well, we wanted to jump on the podcast today. I had an interesting call and I'd love to know uh, your perspective, people that are listening and Becky, your perspective as well. Um, we had an interesting call um, the other day uh, from a, a Stedford organiser that I know um, who was uh, talking about, you know, that a lot of studios are struggling because of the economy. And she said that to me and I was like, look, I disagree. Respectfully, I disagree. And, you know, it was an interesting conversation. And then I wanted to lead into, uh, you know, we saw Mark Buris and he had a different perspective on that as well. Um, you know, she was talking about a lot of people haven't retained their kids from last year, that they've lost a lot of kids because of the economy. Um, and I respectfully disagreed. I don't know. What do you think about that, Beck? Is that something you kind of agree with as a statement? Look, I think that we can always come up with excuses as to why things aren't working. And I think, you know, maybe the economy has affected some kids and some people, but from what we are dealing with, with our studio owners, everyone's really going huge at the moment. Um, And I think that has a lot to do with their consistency Mm -hmm. in marketing their consistency across the board and their ability to change. And, you know, we did listen to Mark. uh, We were at a conference together, um, an expo, and it was so amazing to hear those live speakers. But Mark was just great in the way that he said, no matter what happens with the economy, no matter what happens, I mean, COVID got thrown at us, right? The businesses who survived are the ones who changed and who updated and who pivoted. And I think, you know, a lot of studio owners maybe aren't changing. They're staying, sticking to what they knew instead of trying different things. And that's that's probably where their problems are coming in. Yeah, for sure. That's Mark Buris we're talking about um, mm. that uh, we saw at a conference the other day. And we're going to talk about his perspective um, on the economy as well. But yeah, I thought that was an interesting statement. And for sure, like there's definitely some people that are affected by the economy um, significantly already uh, that may have had to pull their kids out of the studio. However, I think sweeping statements, you know, that uh, I've lost all of these kids, I've lost half of my kids, I've lost, you know, 40% of my kids, 30% of my kids because of the economy. I think that's dangerous, right? Because I do think that, um, you know, Generally, if that's the case, if you've lost, you know, 30 or 40% of your kids, um, you know, blaming something, an external factor 
is a bit of a cop out. I think really what you should be doing is looking internally and looking at, you know, uh, what are you doing? Are you creating a community? Are you, you know, wanting them to stay for something more than just the dance? You know, having great retention skills. Because in my experience, what I've found is that parents will do anything for their kids to be happy, right? Obviously, yeah. there's a limit. Obviously, the kids need to eat. Obviously, there's, you know, electricity needs to be on in the house and things. But most parents will go without so many other things before they go without something that their child really, really adores. You know, they yeah. would go without the takeaway dinners. They would go without the new clothes for themselves. They would go without so many other things that I would do as a mum to give my daughter something that, you know, she really, really wants. So if the kids absolutely adore and love dance, very few of them would be pulling out at the moment. That's my kind of feeling. What do you think, Beck? Yeah, I totally agree. And mm. I, I think as well we need to look at what we can and can't control, you mm. know, and this is something that Mark brought up. We can't control the economy. We can't control if COVID comes. We can't control any of those things. What you can control is how you deal with it. Mm. And dealing with it by saying because of that, my business is failing is not a great way to deal with it. You can say, oh, we've lost some kids, but now I'm going to pivot and I'm going to change and I'm going to do this and that to make sure I get those kids back. You know, it's just pivoting, constantly pivoting and and realizing that you really need to take 100% responsibility for your own self and 100% responsibility for yourself as a leader. Mm. That's what you need to look at. You can't just expect that everything's going to go perfectly all the time because that's not realistic. It's not. And the economy goes up and down. We have pandemics, we have local disasters, you know, things happen. There's so many things that happen in life that are, you know, probably going to have a little bit of an effect on our enrollment, right? However, if you are making sure that the kids absolutely adore being at your studio and it's not just a second or a third or a fourth activity for the kids, I think that's when they start dropping things. If it's like, oh, I absolutely love swimming and I just do that random one dance class. So eh, if I don't go, eh, whatever, that's when they start dropping it for sure. But if they absolutely love it, they're committed to your community and everything about the whole process, including the parents' experience as well, right? We talked about that um, on last week's podcast. It's not just about the child's experience it's actually about the parent's experience with the studio as well does the parent love coming and sitting in your waiting room have they made friends there do they um, love the process of you know everything from how they receive their information to how they pay uh, to whether they feel welcomed when they walk in if they absolutely love everything about your business you know generally they're going to try and stick it out no matter what it's interesting isn't it because community is everything Mm. you know I'm I'm so into my new gym and I know I keep talking about it, but I just want people to understand I'm into it because not because their training's any better, not necessarily because the the venue's better. It's literally the feeling when I get in, that community feeling. Man, they did something so clever the other day that I want to tell you about, Amanda, that I thought we should think about as studio owners. Mm. So this was actually last night. I was training at 7 p.m., as I do, Um, and they had at each station a question that you had to ask the person you were training with. And then if you couldn't answer the question, everyone in the room had to do three burpees, right? Now, it was a fun little game, but I felt like I really got to know someone in the class and we actually really connected with each other and we're chatting to each other. So questions like, what's your favorite movie? What's something that you would um, not know about me? You know, what's just a little icebreaker um, kind of games? Yeah, yeah. Icebre- but like, 
how smart to build that community in there. I was like, that is really smart. And when you were saying before, you know, do your parents like sitting in the waiting room? How many people now do you know who are like, I hate, I didn't have any parents in in COVID whatsoever. And now I'm like, I just don't want to ever deal with parents again, which I totally get. I don't really love dealing with that side of things either. Yes. But like, are you stopping that whole community then from happening in your school? Mm. And as you said, Amanda, are you then stopping those parents from feeling comfortable in there? And so they're not going to feel like their child needs to be there and they can take them somewhere else. Yeah, I cannot begin to tell you all how important community is mm. to anyone. You know, think about your own self. What's a community that you absolutely love being a part of? What's something that you feel connected to? You know, I know for us, it's definitely our tribe and our studio yes. growth club members. That's that's our community. It's our jam. We're so passionate about it. But what's what's a community that you're into and what sort of things do they do to make you feel a part of that community? Yeah, for sure. I love that so much. And, you know, we have heard that from so many studio owners, like, oh, I've shut my waiting room. I'm never opening it again. Which, like, you know, look, I disagree with, to be honest. Like, I'm, uh, I, I just completely disagree with that because why don't you want people to come into your business? That just blows my mind. But if you're doing it for another reason, if it's a safety thing, if it's a, you know, whatever, I understand that. However, you've got to do something else to build community. You need exactly. to, yeah, whether that's, you know, Beck was talking today about like a big like Easter um, Easter fun day you kind of have at your studio or something like that on Easter Monday that you do every Easter and it builds yep. community and it's like a big picnic, is that right, between the families and stuff and parents love it. Yeah, correct. Um, and we do it down at the river and we do, you know, egg and spoon races and sack races. We've done it for like, oh gosh, I think about 12 years now. Mm. Um, and it's a huge event and everyone loves it. They bring their picnic blankets and they do. The parents connect with each other and, you know, then they build friendships that last forever. Like that's what you want. You want people to feel like they have friends there, like they mm. the same way we want our kids to feel that. Yeah, for sure. I love that so much. Um, and we kind of got off topic because we were talking about the economy, but I do think that that's a really important part of it because people are, are yes, going to have to cut back expenses if the economy um, keeps going down and, you know, interest rates go up and all of that sort of stuff. But you don't want to be the first thing on the chopping block. That's the really big key. You want to be an integral part of their life that they can't do without. You know, that's the really important thing. So the more um, community you have, the more value they feel that they're getting from you, um, they're very like, like likely going to stick it out as long as they can with you. Because that's something Mark talked about, right? He did say the way it's looking, um, you know, people are going to be struggling. He said from October this year, people are going to be struggling. And it's going to be a short period of time, but it will be a period of time. Um, and then we'll move over it. Like we'll get over it. Like that's what always happens. It's a bit of a roller coaster and it happens, um, you know, in every economy. And that's what's going to happen here. Um, and he said people like things will be tight for some people for a period of time. So what he was talking about was not, oh, you know, run and hide, hop under a desk and pretend it's not happening. What he was talking about was what can you do to protect yourself? What can you do to make sure that this doesn't happen and people aren't leaving your business? Yeah, and I I loved how he said at one point, Amanda, um, you know, there's no work-life balance when it's times like that. And I thought that was really clever because at the end of the day, there are times when you have to knuckle down and work really, really, really hard. And that might be one of those times. Yep. If things do go wrong with the economy or if things another pandemic does come into play, it's time for you to then knuckle down, work hard, 
you yeah. know, fight for it, fight for everything, make sure that you're doing all the things. But yeah. I I do think that people still use these excuses and I do think you can survive through these things, um, you know, just with tenacity and with being open-minded and with taking some risks and doing the things that you need to do. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, don't get Beck and I wrong. We're not economists. We have no idea what's going on in the economy. Let's be honest. We listened to Mark Bureau speak for an hour. We're not any sort of experts um, around this. However, what we do understand is that no matter what's coming at you, regardless of what that is going to look like in the future, and regardless if it's this or if this all kind of like passes by and it doesn't really happen, you need to be adaptable in your business. And, you know, it's so important to have that adaptability that you can, um, you know, really be changing what you're doing in your business. You know, we saw that through COVID. The studios that thrived were the ones that adapted quickly and really quickly. And, you know, um, and it's something that we might have to do as well, you know, and keep working on that. You know, what can you do to adapt quickly? I guess that's going to be one of the questions you're probably asking yourself. Look, we don't know at the moment. We don't know how that looks. Is it offering drop-in classes, just certain classes at a drop-in um, price? Is it, you know, cutting some staff members? Hopefully not. Um, but you're teaching more classes. You know, what is it that allows you to just adapt and keep growing? Yeah, and I think that was Mark's main point was that, you know, we don't really know what's going to get thrown at us and we have to learn to change the way that we're doing things. Otherwise, we will get stuck and then we're going to not change and not Mm. adapt and then we will lose clients in our business and all of the things. Mm. It's even, you know, day-to-day things. So I think as well, Amanda, like people still posting on social media a new class or bringing a new class into their studio. I see this all the time. And then posting it a couple of times on social media and thinking that people should immediately come to them. Now, we know that's not how social media works anymore. It may have worked like that what, 15 years ago, but now it absolutely doesn't work like that. You have to put money behind it for that to get any sort of traction. Um, and it's the new newspaper ad, you know, it's, it's, we used to put drop what five, $800 easily on a newspaper ad. Mm. And that's now what you need to do with social media. So it's educating yourselves as well. And understanding that the world does change, it changes and the world affects your business. And you need to stay up to date with all the things in the world. If you want your business to thrive. Yeah. So much so. It's such a great um, analogy as well. And even like, you know, looking at Instagram, even over the last couple of years, things have changed really quickly with Instagram. And it's so important that you're always like looking around and making sure that you're staying current with them. You know, a few years ago, it was, and it was probably more than like five years ago, it was that really aesthetic grid with the matching colors and everything would sit down. Now everyone's like, Nah, don't worry about that. People want people don't go to your grid anyway. They just see it in the feed. So why does it matter? Just make it more casual, make it more fun. So don't get stuck doing things in old ways. You need to always be changing how you're doing things and testing, right? Something we talked yeah. about today on um, one of our calls was testing something. Try it out, see if it works. If it doesn't, well, then you can always change back. But you've got to be brave enough. You've got to take risks and be prepared to test things, which I guess is the other thing, um, other speaker we saw. So Beck and I were at um, a a petrol station conference of all things um, last week. And we were there to uh, learn about how they run their expo um, by someone who's mentoring us around running a dance teacher expo, um, which was fantastic. We got to see behind the scenes, but we also got to sit in on a couple of the business sessions, which was amazing. And 
you know, I told a few people, oh, we're going to a petrol station conference and listening to speakers about petrol stations. People were like, what are you doing? Why? We got mm. so much out of it, right, Beck? There was so oh, much to take away. My goodness. Mm. I, I feel like it was a brain explosion mm. and not just from the speakers who were absolutely incredible, even the ones who weren't talking about the economy and were just talking about petrol stations, you still got so much out of that. But oh, so this much. event was just next level epic. Like you you have sponsors like Coca-Cola sponsoring a 600-person dinner and, you know, Lactus um, sponsoring a dinner at Movie World. Like yes. it wasn't just some small little expo. It was absolutely huge and we absolutely learned so much. But um, the guy, the other guy that really, really um, – we got us thinking was called Gus. Now I'm sorry if I say it wrong, but I think it's Bell Bonson. He, oh, he exploded onto the stage for yep. a starter. Um, but he danced, he, which is always going to do it for us. <laughs> he did. Um, but he was just super amazing in the way that he was explaining two different types of people. And so he was saying there's there's absolute disruptors in the world and he described himself as a disruptor. Um, and then there's also people who then take those disruptors' ideas and, and you know, take them along and make sure that they actually go along the journey mm. and, and gets everything into place. And um, he was, the analogy he was using was that he's, he wanted to go to Borneo on a holiday and his wife is, you know, the non-disruptor and she has all of the things. So he's like, let's go to Borneo. And she's like, well, we've got to get vaccinations and we've got to do this and that and that. And he's like, nah, let's just, let's go to Borneo. Let's be naked. Like who cares? And she's like, no, 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 we've got to do this, this and this. And then he says like the two of them have to come together. But I think that they got further apart before they came together to make a compromise. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's in business. We, you know, Amanda, you and I are definite disruptors. We have all the ideas and we're like, yeah, let's do this and go for it. And we just go crazy. And then we have Nathan who really does exactly what, you know, um, Gus was talking about and kind of compacts everything in for us and gives us all the systems and stuff in place. And I think you need to know what sort of a person you are and definitely have the other type of person in your life, right? Yeah, for sure. And he was talking about um, disruptive entrepreneurship as well. And, you know, um, of course, having that balance uh, with people that you surround yourself with, like I'm very much, you know, in my businesses, I surround myself with someone that's opposite to me. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's super important. But, um, you know, he was also talking about that entrepreneurship needs to be disruptive. All the big players have had these wild ideas that everyone's like, that's never going to work. He was talking about Google Maps as an example. Yes, but, um, I loved this. He was talking. He worked at Lonely Planet where they actually printed maps and Google Maps came in and everyone's like, no, no, no. Who wants to look at a map on your phone? What if it goes dead? What if this happens? You can't do that. We're the only ones that do maps. We do it properly. We've been doing it for years. We do it properly. So what they did was bury their head in the sand and pretend that Google Maps wasn't happening. And he was talking about we were in his mind, you know, at the time that they were very much like we're the only ones that can do it. You know, who are these people coming in? Who do they think they are? We are the ones who run maps in the world, you know. And this other company came in and obviously we know how that story ends, that Google Maps has taken over. But he was just saying like, you know, you can't just bury your head in the sand. If something's changing, you can't like bury your head in and just keep like – holding on to the old ways just because that's the way we've always done it. Allowing yourself to be a disruptor or at least adapt and change in the very least to business is the only way to keep thriving. 
Yeah, exactly. And and it was interesting. He was using that concrete analogy as well. I don't remember if you remember, Amanda, where he was just saying, you know, people just get this concrete idea in their head that that's the way it has to be and that's the end of it and that's that's it they can't see past that but it's the people who actually you know go and explore the path and see the different ways that things can be done they're the ones that succeed and that's where you get studios who've been around for 30 years you know 40 years who are still absolutely smashing it don't think that those studios that have been around for 30 years are doing the same things they were doing 30 years ago they have completely changed every single thing that they've ever done right down to the way they advertise, right down to their branding. They would have pivoted the whole way through that journey and would continue to pivot with the trends. And that's that's the longevity that you need is to pivot with those trends. Oh, for sure. Michelle from Legs is a great example of that, I feel. You know, Mm -hmm. um, we've spoken to Michelle um, a few times and and Legs is, I, I don't know how old, but I would think more than 30 years at least, mm. Um, mm. studio. And, you know, the things that people used to do 30 years ago, cash in an envelope, you know, very little parent communication, like all of that was fine 30 years ago, but that's not how it has to happen now. And she's been so amazing at adapting and changing that, as have so many other studios around the place, of course, she just comes to um, mind. So much mm. so that she's still a thriving studio. But mm. if she just kept doing things the way they did them because – that's how we'd always done it and it worked in the past, there's no way she'd still be running. No, and she's always bringing new programs in Mm. as well. I don't know if you've noticed that. But, you know, she's always updating, trying new things. Sometimes you bring things in, they don't work. Sometimes you bring things in and they do work. We were talking to our um, Studio Growth Club members about this today and just saying to them, it's okay if you bring something in and it doesn't quite work out, but you still have to try. You can't just- You like to change things. Yeah, you've got to change it up and, you know, and I also think a lot of people bring new programs in and they don't put the marketing and effort behind it that it needs to build because it takes time to build things at the end of the day. Um, But I just think that constant pivoting and constant change, being open to change and opening your mind to that and not being closed-minded and not playing victim. You know, we don't need to say, oh, it's the economy, it's COVID, it's you know, blah, 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 whatever it might be. It's the kids of today. It's the parents of today. Like that's all excuses. And, you know, it's, you can only change yourself. So that's the thing that I would be changing. Yeah. I love that so much. Well, thank you so much. We hope that you've got some um, ideas in the podcast. Don't forget that Dance Teacher Expo tickets are on sale. We are so pumped for Dance Teacher Expo. Um, If you haven't checked out, we've got some incredible um, speakers going on. Oh my God, we're so excited, right, Beck? Well, we just announced Lee Swan Singh today or yesterday. Yeah. Um, and we were so pumped about that. There has been so many comments on the post. Um, he's going to be our keynote speaker from um, Mao's Last Dancer. I'm sure you've all read the book and know the story, um, but that is just going to be so amazing. But, you know, just going to this conference last week, Amanda and I really just realized how important it is to go to these live events. You we are swimming with ideas for our businesses, for ourselves, for all the things. You come back so inspired. And if you've never been to a live conference like this, it's it's invaluable, right? Oh, for sure. And it's taking some time for yourself. Sometimes it's mm. good to get away, do something for yourself, take your team. I know so many people um, at Expo are bringing their entire teams 
um, so that they can bond together, they can go out for a nice dinner, and then they can all talk about their ideas. So um, hit us up if you have more than 10 staff. Um, we're doing discounts uh, for you as well, um, or you can just see the normal prices on the website. So we cannot wait to meet you at Dance Teacher Expo. Do not miss out on getting your tickets. The tickets are selling really quickly. Once we hit capacity, that's it, because there's only so much room that we have at the ICC. So we cannot wait to meet you in person then. See you then, guys. Bye. Bye.